0: Welcome to Old Town New World here at Millstone Pizza in Rock Hill, South Carolina. I'm Jason Broadwater. I'm Chris Gervais. And we're here to talk about the ever-changing world of small town USA. All
1: right, we off? No. Okay. <laughs>
0: So, today we're going to, uh, we've got a, a couple of guests here, and uh, you'd never guess that it's some folks from Rev and Flow, which I know is a surprise. You should make the audience
1: guess who one of these guests are. They should yell hey, it out at guess. home.
0: Okay, everybody yell out.
1: Everyone, everyone yell on out. count of three. No, guess. wait, not everybody pick, together.
0: Pick. Go together. <laughs> no. Are you ready? No. All right. One. No, hold on. Okay. So, anyway, all right, stop yelling. All right. So, today we have two folks um, joining Chris and I from Rev and Flow. We have Robin, who is basically like a co-host at this time, and uh, we have Nicole. So welcome, Nicole. Thanks. Welcome.
2: Right.
1: <laughs> why, I'm curious, why do we call him the Coco host? <laughs> no, I'm
0: more like the, I'm like the Ed McMahon.
2: The Ed McMahon. You're not the Coco host. So.
0: He is the Coco host. That's how most of us know him. But um, um. So anyway, today what we're going to do is explore how each of us come here to, to Old Town Rock Hill to work at Rev and Flow. And we're part of this revitalizing urban district and area and we're very much bought into it. But but we don't, none of us actually, none of us live in a walkable urban revitalizing area. None of us live in, in apartments in that type of space. So here we are very passionate about this concept and um, yet we live in uh, either out in the country or in a neighborhood and diff- different types of uh, you know, places to live in, in Charlotte and Rock Hill. And so the question is what is compelling about these urban districts, even to people who are choosing to live somewhere else? What what draws us to these spaces? And that's what we're gonna explore today. So Nicole, being our guest, if you would tell us where you live, you live in a neighborhood, is that right? Yes. This is in Charlotte. Who is? All right, so if you give us some longer answers here, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> tell us about the neighborhood. Let me ask more open-ended
1: questions. Huh? You're not going to sell a podcast with yes or oh, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. i tell you that right now.
0: I should ask non-yes no questions. <laughs> yeah.
1: that. Open-ended. Open-ended. Okay. When so. I was in retail, we, we said always open-ended questions, no yes or no questions. Yeah, huh. anyway. Better that you remain totally silent and ignore the customer than ask a yes or no question. <laughs> wow. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
3: really?
1: No, I made that up.
3: Oh, okay. <laughs> so, Nicole,
0: tell us about where you live, please.
3: Um, I live in East Charlotte. Uh, it's, the neighborhood is Country Club Heights, but um, it's east of Plaza Midwood. So kind of close to Plaza Midwood, kind of close to North Davidson.
1: So, go ahead. Okay, so for people who don't know and aren't from around here, what kind of area is Plaza Midwood and what kind of area is the area where you live?
3: Um, The area where I live is houses um, and uh, there's nothing that's too walkable but I mean just a couple miles away is Plaza Midwood where's there where there's bars and restaurants and shops um, and it's very walkable down there and in fact that area has grown a lot. Yeah over the it really last
0: has. Yeah. And it was used to be not really the safest area <clears throat> and it was just Yeah, so it's changed a lot.
3: Yeah, if you talk to my mom, when we first moved to the Plaza Midwood area, my mom had vastly different conceptions of what Plaza Midwood was as to what it is today, because she hadn't been for so many years. Yeah, You know what's funny
1: about that area, as a side note, is growing up... All the clowns. Yeah, all the clowns (laughs) everywhere. I'm sick of them. Um, (laughs) Growing up, the only thing to go there for was Heroes Are Hard to Find, which is this awesome comic book shop. It's this big comic book shop. And as soon as Plaza Midwood started uh, blossoming and turning into what it is, the comic book guys got out of there and moved over to 7th Street. That's oh, funny. really? Yeah. I didn't
3: realize they used to be in Plaza Midwood. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. <coughs> Indeed, yeah. That was the only reason I had ever went there like growing up and stuff.
0: And now the uh, that record store, Scott's Record Store, is a cool place. Oh, yeah, yeah. Lunch, yeah. Or lunchbox. Lunchbox. Yeah. yeah, they have a lot of shows there and all that kind of stuff. And it's several <laughs> restaurants there. Um, a lot of restaurants, really.
3: Yeah, no, there's a lot. And, you know, they started with their, like, their, like, good few. And then over time it started expanding. There's there's a good, a good number now.
0: So you mentioned that you're um, kind of in between that and another area, North Davidson or what people call Noda. So what's that area like?
3: Uh, same kind of thing, really, um, except I guess it's centralized more around one street, I would say, um, where same kind of thing, shops, restaurants, bars, um.
2: Yeah, <clears throat> I think, um, no was sort of like the original area in Charlotte that was the arts, like yeah, the, right. the, the cool arts area, um, and so that sort of filled up, and, um, Plaza Midwood's sort of where that is now, I guess. Yeah.
0: Now, didn't... Tell me if I'm wrong, but just from hearing about this in Rock Hill, and I would go up to these places occasionally, but I definitely wasn't part of the scene by any stretch. But um, it seemed like noDA was happening more intentionally. Uh, it seemed like there were there were uh, people would group together and they would have like events or festivals and for that street, or that area, or whatever. Whereas it seemed like Plaza Midwood just kind of happened because uh, there was classy space that people could move into for cheap, and then it started to just grow.
2: Yeah, I think that's right.
1: Yeah, I think Penguin was there for a long time before. It was about the only place I know that was historically there.
0: Yeah. yeah, and those guys started, the guys who run the Penguin started another restaurant.
1: Yeah, if you're listening in this podcast in, like, Norway or something, I'm sure we're really knocking your socks off with all this <laughs> Charlotte talk. <laughs> this but it does set, it does set up the, the kind of area we're talking about.
0: Absolutely, and so here, you know, living in a neighborhood, more of a traditional neighborhood, and yet gravitating towards these two different urban areas... You know, what is it about these urban spaces that pull people? I mean, is it just because we get hungry and we have to find a place to eat? Well, you can find a place to eat from a chain restaurant out on a bypass. You know, so why do we gravitate towards these areas?
1: Because it's cool. Because
0: it's cool? (laughs) Yeah, well, why? Why is it cool? Because
1: I went to the the chain restaurant and I had a bad experience. And I was like, no way, it's not for me.
2: (laughs) Have you been to the Giant giant Penny? The Giant Penny?
1: What's the Giant Penny?
2: It's on, uh, what's it on, Central?
1: Plaza, I think? Yeah, Plaza. If you put, and and this is, you can can take this to the bank. (laughs) If you put giant in front of the name of whatever your restaurant is, you've won the battle. You're done. (laughs) I'm there.
2: What giant bank? Giant
1: bank. (laughs) Giant, or you know, some people throw around the idea of a giant egg roll restaurant. I'm not gonna say Mm. who, really smart people do that.
2: Would that be like a, a giant egg roll that, like, ten people can eat off at the same time?
1: That sounds gross. <laughs> yeah, that does sound <laughs> gross. That if the, if the ten parties so choose, yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, well, I live out in, uh, western York County, out in, in York, South Carolina, and, um, it's a tiny little town. There's, like, 6,000 people. You know, there's 65,000, 70,000 people in Rock Hill, um, and there's six thousand, sixty-five hundred, and, um, in York, and it has a little historic downtown. And even in York, the most interesting place to be is to go to the little historic downtown. Mm-hmm. Even though it's two streets and there's barely anything going on, the architecture is beautiful, the houses that surround it are beautiful. Um, the what's going on is intentional. There's uh, artists trying to set up shop there. There's, you know, it, it's just, there's something about this infill activity in urban spaces that is where everybody's putting their energy, you know? I mean, I drive out to the bypass and go to, you know, Lowe's or Home Depot or whatever, and... All right. Yeah, and I'll go to the movie theater. <laughs> <It's not laughs> for, you like you it's don't go out.
1: there for entertainment, Lowe's. No,
0: I go there for entertainment.
1: We got a lot of magazines and stuff. I go
0: there to fix stuff, like their <laughs> stuff. They're like, sir, that, that
1: that's not broken. Please
0: leave that alone. <laughs> Customer's always right. Yeah. <laughs> But yet we see increasingly across the nation people gravitating towards these urban spaces. You know, Robert, where do you live?
2: Um, I live off of Selwyn in Charlotte, um, which is near the Park Road Shopping Center. And um, I think I, I think technically I don't live in a walkable area. But I, if if we lived across the street, across the street, across Runnymede, I think that. We would be technically <laughs> so in the walkable. You just walk across <laughs> the street. Yeah. Well, I, I do. We do. Dude. But it's, it's like a, it's a main
1: road. If there was some kind of monorail system to take you across the street, then yeah. you might be more interested. Or well. just <laughs> like a catapult, really, would be fine. Right. Oh yeah. yeah, But that
2: area, like, there's a lot of on when There's a lot of um, apartments, and um, there's started to spring up a lot of little shops. And there's like a Mellow Mushroom. Um, there's a Reed's Fine Foods. Um, there's yogurt shops. There's like, and there's like antique shops. There's a bunch of little boutique. There's like a wine place, and it's all if you if you live on that street, it's totally walkable, and it's designed to be that way.
0: Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. You know, we've designed cities around the automobile for the, since the 1950s. You know, it's about getting the automobile from one place to another place and getting it parked with the least hassle as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, but we have to remember. Cars don't live in cities. People do. Yeah. You know? So and Chris, you love cars. Tell us how much you love cars.
1: I, lo- I love cars um, because I think that I love how convenient they are. When they don't ever break or mess up. And every time that something, if something does go wrong, it's extremely cheap to fix. Yeah. It's really just the best invention of all time.
0: And the combustible in- combustible engine. Yeah, the combustible engine, which is
1: that. really new. I think I, from what I understand, it's very new. Yeah. So we haven't had a whole lot of time to improve on it.
0: Can, you, can I download one of those from iTunes? <laughs> yeah.
1: From what I understand about it, you know, it's it's we're still working out the kinks, and that, so be patient with the whole combustion engine thing. It's
2: only been a hundred years or so. Yeah. Yeah.
1: If it seems like it's inconvenient, it's really not. And if it seems like it's expensive, that's an illusion. Sorry. What I'm really getting at, I'm being sarcastic, I'm sorry, cars are horrible and I hate them. So, yeah,
3: well, I mean, but, but that's an interesting point because Plaza Midwood lately has had a huge problem with people parking. Um, yeah, so like as it's grown, um, people have been getting like their cars towed because yeah. their part, like like comp, uh, you know uh, restaurants and things like that have been taking parking spaces and deeming it as their own. So like you can only use those spaces if you're right. contributing to that restaurant. Um, so now people, I mean, you know, we don't go to Plaza Midwood as much because we're just out of walkable distance um especially i mean if if you felt like walking during the day you could but at night nobody's gonna walk those few miles um and you can't find a parking space and that's just a hassle
0: yeah and that's what public transportation is all about you know they call it the last mile where you're able to connect districts that are just too far to walk um either you know yeah you'd walk it if you're in your like you know exercise casual clothes or something but to be dressed up and go out and hang out, and then for it to be at night and to, to go through some places that are less safe, or whatever, it's just too far. We deal with that here in Rock Hill between Winthrop and downtown. You know, it's just, just a little bit too far. Mm-hmm. So, and because of what you pass along the way, it just feels a little bit too far. So where that's coming, the big thing that's coming to solve that is rail. You know, streetcar, oh, light what, rail. Yeah, we have a
3: light rail that's going to be... They already broke ground on it, so no it's... I, hope, I, I don't know what yeah. the route is, um, but I know it's coming, like, directly It'll be right past our neighborhood. But I don't yeah. know if it's going through Plaza Midwood or uh, Davidson or not. I, I don't, don't
0: know. I don't know. But see, that's great. I mean, that And you can do that in longer distances with light rail and shorter distances with streetcars, you know? Right. I mean, you could have one from downtown Rock Hill to uptown Charlotte. You could send the light rail all the way down here and have a meaningful transportation system. And if we could get on a rail and be uptown charlotte and then come back without ever taking a car parking or anything imagine
1: but does uh, does this light rail travel on like a beam of light Uh, yes it is it's a photon
0: uh, rail (laughs) instead of a combustion engine it's a photon photon laser hmm don't
1: know if i trust it yeah (laughs) i like my car too much (laughs) i like the convenience of how the little parts make fire I like the safety of all that metal and glass too much for this light rail.
0: Yeah, I think that, you know, I mean, and and not only is it, does it connect, is it a transportation mechanism, but it's also a um, kind of a cool factor enhancement or cultural enhancement mechanism. So it's neat to have street cars, neat to be around it. And then it's an economic development tool because as soon as you lay those tracks, People start building, buying up property and building on either side of those tracks before you even land. Because they know, because it's such a commitment from the city, from an infrastructure standpoint, to put those tracks through there. They know that they're going to run everything you need to run through there and there's going to be people there. So I've heard it argued from either side and lost in the public sphere. I've heard people who just argue it transportation-wise and it it lose because people can't justify the spending. Because they're like, oh, we're going to take these few people that live over here and help them get to these few people that live every year, you know? Mm-hmm. But um, like, wow, that's great for the city. But then I've heard it on the flip side of that coin, justified as an economic development tool, that hey, the rails will make people develop, it'll bring $150 million of private investment over the next 10 years. And I've seen these presentations, and that's great. But we can't ignore that it is a transportation tool. It's about that last mile. Mm-hmm. And it's absolutely about the fact that you, Nicole, live in a neighborhood. You bought your house, you live in that space, you enjoy that neighborhood and you could hop on that rail and be downtown because of what's happening. I mean, I know what you're talking about. I've been there recently in that little parking lot that we always park yeah. in. It's a, no, a non starter now. Yeah.
2: So. yeah, I used to live in Plaza Midwood and, uh, and I could walk like I was on Commonwealth and you could <clears throat> walk everywhere and it was awesome. And uh, But if you lived all the way down in Commonwealth, then it's a little bit too far. Yeah. It's like, it's literally like, just a mile yeah and it makes all yeah.
3: the difference it's like it's like maybe the mile that doesn't have like street lights or exactly. whatever and it just doesn't make sense
0: that's walk. another point what you experience along your path lengthens your willingness to walk like when i'm in downtown charleston i dixie and i uh, will go to restaurants and go to bar and go to whatever and we'll walk miles it seems like while we're hanging out because we're constantly passing uh urban experience a safe urban experience as opposed to running out of urban and then being feeling like you're in you know unlit no sidewalk you got to cross over the train tracks you know it's like literally and metaphorically speaking you know what I mean it's just a whole different thing yeah
3: whether it's like neighborhoods or industrial areas or you know whatever because exactly. they're all I mean they you get to a point where they're all so meshed together so it's either like you're you're walking v- too close to somebody's private property that like they're not expecting somebody to just be like walking by in the dark yeah. or you're walking through like you know, a warehouse, which is not a cool place to be at night. <laughs> I mean, really, if you're walking through a
1: warehouse then You got your directions wrong. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you're like,
0: you're
2: like you
1: know, ch- this has, has to be the right. Fence
0: and the dog barking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This has to be right.
1: Yeah. I know
0: you go through the abandoned warehouse. You go <laughs> it's, Siri says turn in, walk into the yeah, warehouse. Walk into the warehouse. <laughs> Build a fire. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till morning (laughs) Okay, so we keep talking about these um, urban spaces Revitalizing small urban spaces And how they're drawing people's focus and attention Whether you live there or not um, You you know, people are compelled to to go there And be there and hang out But there's other places I mean, I think variety is is part of the key So there's other places that we are drawn to Whether it's, um, which we can talk about in a few minutes But natural places, hiking or Uh, parks or whatever it might be, but there's also just big cities, you know, another urban experience. So, and there's good and bad about that big city. So I know you're right near uptown Charlotte, Nicole, so do y'all ever go uptown?
3: Uh, We rarely go uptown, Um, it's weird because I grew up in Charlotte, Uh, I was born in Charlotte and the only time I ever left Charlotte was to go to Asheville uh, to go to school but um, recently, Chris and I went up to Uptown Charlotte uh, this past weekend, in fact, and it was great. Our, we got dinner, and we walked around, and we were um, in a place that we weren't normally, so it was fun in that way, but there's just nothing to do in Uptown Charlotte. Like, you know, having just gone, uh, we just took a trip to the West Coast, and, and we went to Portland, and there, uh, downtown, I guess you would call it. I mean, it's huge, but they have just shops everywhere and restaurants and um, you know, a- anything you could want, it seems like it's all there. And when you're in Uptown Charlotte, it's like granite-covered buildings yeah. everywhere. And the museums are cool. Yeah. Um, but if you're just walking around Uptown trying to have a good time, the only thing you can do is go clubbing or go to bars. Yeah. It, it
1: it definitely seems that, at least in the South, which is all that I have really have experience with, it definitely seems like like, big, like, very big cities in the South um, are more about the weekday and sort of, like, it's it's about places of business and then there's bars and restaurants, but at the same time it's, it seems like if you're talking about, like, a, a just out-and-out out kind of fun, kind of artistic area and stuff like that, it, it definitely doesn't seem to be, in the South anyway, seem to be existing in sort of the the, the core big cities, you yeah. know, it's usually away from that. But that's also just Charlotte, so I, I guess I, I don't have, I don't know with Atlanta, I feel like it, I, is it, I don't know if anyone at this table has been to Atlanta a whole lot. Is it like that? Is it more like down, downtown Atlanta more businessy, and then the artsy kind of culture is it outside of that, or is it also in sure. one spot? I haven't been there
3: a lot, but I've been there a few times enough to know that it seems like they have kind of like Charlotte has, with like little like neighborhoods outside of yeah. downtown, which is a
1: lot of fun. There's
0: something about a neighborhood, you know. There's something about a, Yeah. I mean, even when you go to New York, you know. When you're in kind of uptown Manhattan, you know, it, it, it feels like that uptown Charlotte kind of thing. And when you get into the kind of uh, areas that each would consider themselves a neighborhood, so if you lived there, that would be your district, that would be your community, a smaller community inside of a larger community, you know, that's when you have the constant uh, building to building experience of different, you know, interesting cultural experience, you know, as part of that. That uh, community. I know I have a friend that lives up there, a couple friends, but one in particular who, he said when it becomes really small because you're in your neighborhood, and that's your kind of, it's like you're in Noda, Charlotte, you know, so I think Atl- cities like Atlanta and, and, and Charlotte, their answer to trying to have cultural activity that not in a broad sense but in a, in a micro sense of just real people every day hanging out and having things to do is those little neighborhoods, those little
1: districts. You know? So, is this kind of structure? Is this sort of the way it's always been, or is this a more recent thing? And if so, why?
0: Well, I, I I'll take a swing at that, Chris. Okay. Thanks for pitching me a softball yeah. right across. Did I hold no on? Problem.
1: Hold on. You read that wrong. Will you read that again? Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. In case, it's, in case it was a little transparent, I was trying to figure out how Old Town New World, the podcast. Yeah. Um approaches this subject you know and 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 is this pertinent you know i mean it is it is obviously yeah so it's like what does this mean to you know to the small town to the old well town? it goes
0: back to your favorite topic of course <laughs> which is cars um and if you goes back to earlier in the podcast saying that cities have been built around the automobile for the past 50 plus 60 years is <clears throat> before that at the turn of the century the other the prior century you had walkable districts and walkable urbanism, and you had cultural life and everything happening because transportation made it very difficult to just zoom across town, zoom to the other, you know, zoom ten miles away and park and get out and do whatever. So commerce clustered and uh, cultural activity clustered, and you had this kind of neighborhood feel of like you have to just get to that area and park your wagon, you know, and then you walked around and you were part of that experience. And then people lived around it because transportation was difficult. And so that clustering of, of the human experience has been part of city-making for thousands and thousands of years, since the b- birth of the first cities, you know, back to Mesopotamia, you know, it's been consistent. It was only in the 1950s when millennia of, of patterns and in, in, in developing cities changed because of the automobile. When everybody got a car, I'm talking in the U.S., you know, everybody got a car, it radically changed the way that you organize things Mm -hmm. you can drive out to the bypass and have all of your hardware related stores all clustered together you know that kind of thing and it's as we move back towards you know not having the automobile dictate the way we develop cities Mm -hmm. you're seeing the resurgence of things that were really a common part of the human experience for since the beginning of the human experience and they were only altered by this radical influence of everybody having the ability to go 60 to 70 miles per hour in their own little tube yeah. and get anywhere they wanted in far distances mm-hmm. and that everything was dictated by that. So I think that it has always been that way, but we just had a blip in that from for the past mm-hmm. 50 years, primarily because of the automobile.
1: Right, well, you know, I think it's an interesting thing. I think that, I guess from this we can say that if it's logical that very big cities have this whatever kind of business is sort of the heart of that core city, and then around that surrounds these little communities that pop up with these little, like I said, little more, you know, cultural, arts kind of areas, which I guess the unique thing about small, old towns is it sort of ends up being both. You know, you sort of having these little things, because there is no giant, big skyscraper city to have these things fall off of, so they sort of are just just one spot, you know, and it all kind of happens in the same place, and I guess that's unique to smaller kind of main street towns.
0: Yeah, and I think we, we learn from what we've done well in different areas. Um, so I think the ideal situation is that you have access to um, nature or nature-related activities, whether it's biking, hiking, whatever it is, mountains, ocean, whatever it might be. You have access to a walkable urban environment with cultural activity. And you have access to the bypass where you can drive out and get the very convenient shopping of going to a Target or a Home Depot or something where you get the things that you need, it it serves a great purpose in our economy, whatever. But that's the reason you use your car. You drive out there and get everything that you need and then you come back into some type of neighborhood experience. And the automobile doesn't invade the walkability. I mean, one of the biggest problems we have right here at Millstone is the guy who just peeled out in his truck, you know, and (laughs) like peeled through the parking lot and almost killed like five people. Right. You yeah, know, yeah. having those cars in this space is just unnecessary. Why, true, why do they even yeah. need to be among us?
1: Yeah, true. Yeah. And that guy's offense, he did look pretty cool. He did look
0: cool. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> he did look cool. Yeah. So, Nicole, what I would like to say is thank you for being on the podcast.
3: Oh, thanks for having me. As Absolutely. you know,
1: we thank you for being on this podcast. <laughs> In summary Many years later
0: I'll thank you again For being on this (laughs) one Thus in in conclusion um, I'd like to say Thank you for being here Once again this week To hear us Babylon In Babylon Where we talk about Everything having to do With Small Town USA And I guess we'll see you Next week